Bar fans, this is Pete from the Lasso Cast, and down below there, Brady Bunch style, is my partner in crime, Danny, Dr. Zayas, G-O-D. Danny, how are you doing today? I'm just sitting here being a sexy middle-aged man. That's it. That's yes. all I can do. That's one of the requirements. That's right. And then, you know, another sexy middle-aged man from the New York area right over there, Mr. Mike Bongiorno from, uh, wow, it's, it's when I'm rushing this shit, I forget, Pop Culture Man Children, Mike. Welcome What's to the Lassercast. It's good to be here. I was going to say back here. I've been here before, right? Yeah, you yeah, have been here. here. Yes, yes. Good to be back here. Yes. We talked about aliens one time on here. And we don't need to talk about it today. <laughs> we'll save <laughs> some <go>. time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they know it's a time crunch. We got one hour. We have one hour to rush through entries 23 to 11 on Shudder's 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments. So with that being said, let's dive right in. Let's descend into number 23, The Descent. Is this a number 23 ranking to you guys? What do you think? Worth it? Right off the bat, uh, at the end of last week's episode, I said I'm going to make a list of uh, what I think is going to be in the top 23. And this was one of my outside chances. Uh, Charlotte and I just watched this and... Charlotte even said the scariest parts for her were not the monsters. It was the scenes of them going through the caves and getting tighter and tighter. And Charlotte was like sitting like this on the couch, like this is, I can't, I can't. Uh, and like, you actually start like feeling yourself having trouble breathing, watching parts of this movie. I always found it funny. A movie called a horror movie came out around the same time called the cave. And I'll never forget seeing that and thinking, there's nothing claustrophobic at all in this movie. The whole movie takes place in this wide open space and the descent is the complete opposite. And yeah, uh, I love this movie. There are so many great jump scares in it. Uh, yeah, that's, that's my take. It, it's definitely a jump scare movie. Uh, you know, one of the things that's, you know, I'm sure you, you guys have been talking about this, but one of the things that's always hard about lists is, are we talking about great films or are we talking about scariest films? And also how much are they dedicated to the conceit that they're picking one moment? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because sometimes they pick a film that they, that I'm like, I agree, but they don't pick the moment that mm -hmm, I agree with. And I'm like, mm -hmm. how would you not pick that moment? There's one on this list like that. So that's, this is a perfect uh, jump scare movie. I don't know if it's the best film, but uh, I have one memory from it, which is, I saw it in a huge theater, packed. One of the best cinematic experiences. People were screaming and shouting. And when the movie was over, a young kid got up and went, why'd they start with the car crash? And I went, to set up the theme of human frailty. <laughs> uh, I don't think he liked my response, but, you know. Yeah, I love Staten Island movie theaters, man. <laughs> I, uh, I, you guys have an Alamo Draft House now, but um, what well, I was going to say was that Awesome. Mike, you bring up this point of, well, what particular moment do we show from specific movies? And I feel like with this particular list and for this week, they kind of do a little hand-waving. And they're like, oh, well, this scene's good. Another scene is this one. And right. it's like, well, which one are you talking about? And I feel like with The Descent, they are talking about two moments. They're talking about the claustrophobia that you feel throughout the movie. And there's one scene in particular where it's really strong. And then they also talk about that moment where they turn on the, the night vision camera yeah. – and you see the creature. And so First it's like, well, which one yeah. is it? Yeah. I think going along with what Danny said, it's the claustrophobia that's scarier for this movie. Right. 
Um, but yeah, the descent. I remember when it came out, it was a very big deal. People were talking about how scary this movie was. And watching it on this list, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It's on here. Uh, who here is a fan of the Saw franchise? I got to go. <laughs> You're not a fan? No. I, I only ever saw the first one, to be honest with you. Uh, but okay. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. It, it felt to me, I always felt like it, it it was aping David Fincher's 90s style. Um, and at the time, I was very hard on torture porn movies. Now that I look back and I think about the Iraq war and like why we were obsessed with torture, I feel a little easier about it. Maybe I should revisit it, but I'm not right. a I'm not a huge fan of the uh, of Saw. OK, Danny, how many movies are in the Saw franchise? Like 12? Uh, I believe <laughs> Spiral. I yeah. believe Spiral, the Chris Rock one, was the ninth. So okay. there was Saw the Final Chapter was part seven. Yeah. Then they made Jigsaw, which is eight. Oh, so Spiral was nine. And then they're made they're coming out with Saw X soon. Okay. Um, I've seen them all. Charlotte and I, yes, my not yet 12-year-old daughter has watched all of the movies, and we have ranked them uh on the channel before. I didn't love the original Saw when I saw it, but then I went back and over the years I've revisited it a bunch of times and I've kind of grown to love it. Uh, Saw 1 and Saw 2, I think, are easily the best of the entire set. And then they start to go in and out of quality. But, you know, if you're in it for the traps and the blood, they're they're all kind of fun. I'll never forget uh, Lori, who we've had on our channel. Uh, She's one of... Ghost Girl Greetings, amazing artist. I saw this movie in the theater with her and a few other people. And just as like a, I I don't even know what made me say it, but right as the ending is about to happen, I just turn to her and I go, I bet you the guy gets up off the floor. And then he sat up and she went, oh my God, you ruined it. Why'd you, I I didn't know. I just, it was a stupid guess. And uh, it's just one of those things that I always remember about this movie, but it does. That ending is super iconic. Uh, the you know his voice game over as he slams the door, it, like they've been trying to ape that moment in every sequel and and so many other movies since then. Um, I thought Saw was going to be on the list. I thought it was either going to be this or they even showed it uh, Amanda getting out of the bear trap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like. Yeah, you know, um, I, Danny and I have covered the Saw movies on our channel. I think we've covered every single one in the franchise. And I always liked the sort of the soap opera nature of it, where it's like this ongoing story. And there are always these people that are brought into Jigsaw's games. And there was always some sort of flashback to something that happened before he died. Um, I, like you, Mike, I'm, I'm not really a fan of torture porn or if like, if something seems like it's cruel to be done just, for like, you know, um, exploitation sake. I don't like that. It's like, oh, we're going to try to be as disturbing as possible. Like, that's the goal. I don't like that. And that's what Saw felt like to me at, at first. But I think it's kind of more than that. I think that it has its own mythos. And Yeah. I think that the, the phrase torture porn gets thrown around a lot, especially at that time, the, mm-hmm. that like early to mid aughts period where it was the Saw franchise. It was the hostile movies coming out. Uh, and then it was uh, there was the new wave of French extreme 
cinema that was coming out and mm-hmm. like Martyrs and, and Frontiers and uh, High Tension, all those movies were coming out. And it was just like, how much gore and blood can you possibly have? People must like get off on this. But I think like when you look back at them, given a scope of time, there's a, there is more to like I, somebody, one of the talking heads said, you know, you walked out of saw and you wanted to be a better person <laughs> because you didn't, want, <laughs> you didn't want to like piss off the, the, the jigsaw uh, in your area. And right. also like the same thing I felt with hostile where like, to me, hostile was disgusting. It was gory. It was bloody, but to me it was more, it was less torture porn and more of like a, a takedown of rampant capitalism. Uh, you know, in the way that like it's these extremely wealthy people paying for the right to torture the proletariat, you know, and maybe that's the history teacher in me coming out. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think the soft franchise has really I, I think it's kind of I, I think it's proven it, it's um, what's the phrase? It, the, the, the Lasting power. Yeah. Thank you. I'm yeah. struggling here. But yeah, I. Uh, and it's also James Wan and Lee Wan Ellen. Look where their careers have gone. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's interesting. Oh, go ahead. I'm reading something, Mike. I was going to say, I, I should revisit it because it's interesting that you both agree that you like it more now than when you first saw it. That's mm-hmm. rare, I think, in a film. Well, I think that just having this channel in general and talking to Danny makes me appreciate horror movies more in general. And I've just, like, watched so much more that when something has a, a presence like these movies do it makes me appreciate them more mm-hmm. but uh one movie that has a presence is uh scanners and particularly and they, they really just focus on this one scene from the movie because it's not a horror movie really it, no it's not I, it's weird that it's on this list to be honest with you it, well, it's I, very much a science fiction movie with one scene like, I don't mind they've had a bunch of movies on this list that tow that horror line. Um, and, and to me, I've never been like uh, somebody who's like, oh, I, I, to me, if you're going to call them scariest moments or, you know, then I'm totally cool with this moment being there because it's it's 100 percent iconic. Mm-hmm. I also I also and maybe this is a, a, a harsh take. I, I don't think Scanners is that good. <laughs> I, I don't I'm not a huge fan of a lot of early Cronenberg stuff. Yeah. Like I don't love yeah. the brood. I don't love this. Videodrome, I think, was the movie where I finally was like, okay, I kind of get why people love this guy. To me, his movies always had iconic moments in the middle of like a a, a not so great hole. Kind of like uh Frozen, uh the animated movie. You know, let it go. Let it go was a great four minute song in the middle of what's really a pretty shitty animated movie, but you're not really allowed to say that. Whoa, shots fired at Disney. Geez, all right, this took a turn I wasn't expecting. (laughs) I liked Frozen too. I just, I don't like Frozen. Okay, but yeah, I if you've never seen Scanners, like seriously, watch the head explode and then I would skip the rest of the movie. It's a gif, find the gif. It's pretty amazing because the face goes forward. That's what makes it so amazing. But I agree with what Danny said. I mean, I I I wrote my master's thesis on David Cronenberg's movies. Um, okay. Awesome. I focused on Crash, A History of Violence, and Existence. 
probably Existence is my favorite of his movies. Um, but I do tend to like the later ones or the very, very early ones, like his student films, like the original um, uh, Crimes of the Future. Not the one that just came out, but like the original he made. In, it's almost indecipherable, but he made it in college and it's like brilliant. Yeah. I, so, okay. so, yeah. But yeah, Scary I mean, is one of his lesser movies, honestly. I was yeah. surprised to see it. And I was surprised to see Brood a couple episodes back, too. Yeah. yeah. I, with him, it's like, I actually have not seen this movie. There's two movies on this list I haven't seen. Scanners is one of them. The other one is really Alien, I know. You have to see Alien already. Come on I, Finally. No, no. Uh, Night of the Living Dead, I have not seen. And I, I'm on the last cast. I know. I know. I'm sorry, Mike. For those of you that are listening on the podcast, Mike just, his head almost exploded just now. But, it's just, um, it's, I, I did it's, like, I, yeah. I did like, just to, to bring up the show, I loved Joe Bob uh, going off on a little tangent about um, what is the greatest exploding head in the history of horror. Um, I live in Brooklyn, uh, not too far, a few exits on the Belt Parkway away from what I refer to as Maniac Point, which is where they filmed the scene in Maniac where Tom Sabini's head blows up from a shotgun blast. That, that and Scanners are probably one and two on my list. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, I, I need to see it at, at some points. I love Michael Ironside. And then I actually would like to read your thesis, Mike, too, because um, I, I actually like Cronenberg, but you the weirdly enough... You're the first ever said that. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get in your pants, I guess. But like, uh, <laughs> I was going to say that for Cronenberg, I'm actually not that familiar with his horror stuff. I've seen the fly and that's about it and then this, uh and not even this i've seen like crimes of no i've seen uh history of violence and like a lot of his vigo mortensen stuff but yeah um one movie i did see in the theaters though that was quite an experience was the movie wreck and once they said wreck was on there i was like okay it's the end that's what it's gonna be wreck is very much like the blair witch project where the moment that really stands out is the last shot, right? Because it's like the part that everyone remembers. And um, I believe it was the director of It that mentioned that zombie movies usually fall apart by the third act, mm. but that this movie builds up and gets better by the third act. So that was, I thought that was an interesting yeah. observation. Mm. what do you guys think? I've never seen this film, I'll be honest with you. This is one of two films on this list that I haven't seen. What's the other one? Final Destination. The second one? Yeah, yeah. Final Destination. Yeah, the one that's on this list. Yeah. Okay. So then, Danny, what do you think of Wreck? I uh, I, I like it a lot. Um, if you're into found footage, uh, when, when Charlotte and I were watching it this morning before we went to work, and I, I literally said, if you ask most people, they'll say, this is the best found footage movie. And then they cut to Alex Iso going, this is the best found footage movie. And I was like, see, I told you. Um what I love about this movie, and I, I sorry, Mike, but they, they spoil it a little bit in the episode. The whole movie, you're thinking this is some kind of medical issue. Like they're wrapping the building in plastic. They don't want anybody to get out. It's like, is this an infection? Is it like 28 days later where you, like it's like a zombie rage virus? And it's not until that last five minutes, really, where they get up into like the attic and you find out that there was this priest keeping this like possessed 
girl woman thing up there and this is all like some like antichrist style like abomination as i think it was either i think it was anthony muschietti or fede alvarez one of them mentions it in the as a talking head and that stuff always creeped the shit out of me like as somebody who's not religious at all like super religious horror always scared the hell out of me uh the all-time scariest movie i ever saw uh will actually be talking about in a few entries so yeah um you know obviously you have the exorcist you have rosemary's baby anything that involves cults or like religious cults it it really creeps me out so like this whole movie i remember watching thinking yes it's good it's pretty scary oh that's a cool scene and then that last like five ten minutes where you're in the total darkness and you see upside down crosses and these ripped out pages of the bible everywhere at that that point i was like oh fuck like what's going on now like come on so i i had i i kind of forgot about this movie um as they were counting down because the last episode they had blair witch and paranormal activity so i guess this is probably the end all be all of found footage at number 20. yeah and so speaking of the number 20 this is actually really fun because the two biggest stephen king fans i know are in this room with me right now in this chat room not my not my daughter's bedroom but uh in this virtual room the two biggest stephen king fans that i am friends with and so do either of you appreciate the significance of the number that this next movie is on the list 19. 19. oh of course of course content the 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 content of 19. Right, right. Stephen King. I think it's so, so fitting. I, someone at Shudder must have thought to do this yeah. to make Stephen King's very first published novel, Carrie, be number 19, the adaptation by Brian De Palma on this list. And I think that we still might see. No, we're not going to see the uh, 90s it adaptation. No, so this might think... be it for Stephen King. Oh, no, wait. Of course, there's The Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Right, right. But um, this one was another one where I felt they kind of played two moments. They, yeah. they talk about like when Carrie has her first period in the beginning of the movie and then the ending, the slaughter. Oh, and they actually three moments. So they talk about the hand yeah. coming up too. So right. what did you guys think? You think it was the hand was the moment they were talking about? I remember I seeing that. it as a kid and that really got me. I mean, I completely hook, line, and sinker. I was like, oh, this is a nice little dream. She's going to put a little flower down and then boom. And I like that the documentary goes on to say, this was the first kind of movie that did that. And look at all these other movies that gave you that one last scare, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, Friday the 13th. And so, so yeah, I, to me, that would be the moment. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind me asking, Mike, how old are you? I'm 39. 30. Okay. So we're all the same age. Yep. Pretty much. I am, uh, but my wife is a little bit older than me, and she said that Carrie, the ending of Carrie is like the scariest movie moment she's ever seen. Mm. So I kind of knew they were going with that, but the scariest moment in Carrie for me has nothing to do with the prom and it has nothing to do with the final scene. There's a scene after the prom where Carrie's coming home Mm-hmm. And she, she's covered in blood. The prom dress is covered in blood. And she's on the way upstairs to mm-hmm. strip off and take a bath. 
and you just see the silhouette of her mother standing behind the door. Yep. And I remember the first time I saw it going like, cause it's almost like hereditary where you don't notice it at first. And then when you notice, uh, Oh God, who's the actress? Uh, she got nominated Piper, Piper Laurie. Laurie. When you notice Piper Laurie behind the door, you just go, Oh fuck. And it's like, <laughs> and that to me is just this. And especially what you know, at that point, what she is about to do. That Danny, to were me, you raised Christian? No, I'm Jewish. <laughs> okay, because I was seeing connection of like, like, okay, maybe you have a, a Christian thing going on with fear and stuff. No, no, no. It's, yeah, it's he's very scared strange. of Christians. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully so. They're scary. Right. <laughs> oh, we I, just got I'm, canceled. I'm, 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 raised, oh, no. I, I'm Jewish, but I was raised in a very, I, I, I always joke around that I'm JFH. I'm Jewish for the holidays. We, we always <laughs> celebrate the holidays, but you know, I'm bar mitzvahed, but that yeah. was over uh, all close to 30 years ago. So yeah, yeah that's <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, um, my family loves Stephen King. I, I said, you guys are the Stephen King fans, biggest fans that I know as friends, but my aunt is a member of the Stephen King book club and she's got every copy of every Stephen King book ever. And I'm hoping that I might inherit that one day. Uh, sorry, Aunt Margaret. You're, I hope you live for another 30 years at least. But um, I got my I Stephen King what... collection like right off to the side there. There's oh. all the hardcovers. Oh, excuse me. Okay. Well, anyway. <laughs> so um, Margaret, though, uh, she would always talk about how Carrie's mom was the scariest. So I think that kind of goes along with what you were saying, Dan. Oh, yeah. Too. Um, are, are you a fan of Brian De Palma, Mike? I, I know you were saying you're a fan of Cronenberg. Do you appreciate Brian De Palma's horror I films? mean, I appreciate him. I, I, the thing with De Palma was always his style was mimicking someone else's style. He would, you could look at his movies and go, oh, he's doing Hitchcock there. Oh, he's doing this there. Um, uh, so, yeah, uh, I don't know what I would say is my favorite De Palma movie. But, yeah, I do like De Palma. Okay. Well, Maybe Snake Eyes. Did he do Snake Eyes? The Nicholas Cage. He did movie? do Snake Eyes. He might Cage. have. Yeah. He did. He did. Yeah. 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 I'm with Snake Eyes. <laughs> well, well, here's Raising, a good transition. Raising right? Kane. Raising Kane is a good underrated De Palma movie too, with John Lithgow playing split personalities. Oh yeah, that one. I that was that a good movie. underrated De Palma movie. Wow. Yeah. Well, I know one director that Mike is a big fan of, and weirdly enough, he's the director of Number Eighteen. We might know him as the director of the classic Superman franchise with Christopher Reeve, but uh, or the Goonies or, or the Goonies. Lethal Weapon, <laughs> right? And yet he's directed one of the scariest horror movies ever made. Here's the thing: Danny and I have talked to death about the Omen, so let's open it up, pop culture man children style, to Mike Bongiorno. So, uh, to be totally honest, I never uh -oh. loved the Omen. I never loved it. I don't hate it. That's it. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what it is? I really, really, really love The Exorcist. And okay. in the conversation of The Exorcist, you would always hear Rosemary's Baby and Omen put together. And I always, so I went to see those films thinking I'd get a similar thing, which you don't get. Um, but I have to say the moment that they picked is the perfect moment. Uh, although, again, they picked like two. They picked huh. like head coming off and the the hanging, but the hanging to me, that's what I remember when I think about the movie. That's the first thing that comes to my mind, and her smile, and she's so happy. I'm doing it's all for you, Damien, and then jumps. That's the that that's a perfect moment. Yeah, 
I remember there was one time I was getting intimate with a girlfriend and I said that to her. I was like, it's all for you. And, <laughs> and she was, she started laughing at me. Like this actually did happen in my life. But um, yeah. Danny, I think that you think the scariest moment is in the graveyard, right? That was the moment when I was a kid that I legit ran out of the room and like yelled at my dad, stop it, stop it. I'm done. I'm done. And I like couldn't finish the movie at that point. As an adult, the scariest moment in this movie for me is the scene where Lee Remick is in the hospital and she's trying to take off like her cast and she's trying to get dressed because Gregory Peck called her and told her, I'm coming to get you. And at that moment where she's like completely struggling, you just see ever so slightly the nanny is sneaking into the room and the and that that horrible fucking music is playing and she turns around and, 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 you know, you, you said it, Mike, this scene, the, the, the thing that's so scary about this scene more than the nanny jumping almost is Lee Remick's face. When she clutches Damien, that look of like pure fear. Mm. And she has that look again in the hospital when she realizes the nanny's there to kill her. And then all of a sudden you just see her body come flying through the window and she falls to her death. But every part of this movie is the scariest movie I've ever seen. From the time I was a kid, I can't handle the music even now as an adult. I don't like the music unsettles me. Um, the look on the kid's face, the whole movie. I've met him as an adult. He's a wonderful, funny guy, Harvey Stevens. But he scared the, like him as a child scared me like so much. And yeah, I, I, and and it's funny, um, Greg Nicotero is like breaking down the decapitation scene. I sat with an old school VCR remote, pause, rewind, play, pause, because I wanted to see the exact moment where the glass hit and, and I wanted to see how they did it. Because I think I saw the movie for the first time. I was probably nine or 10. Yeah, parenting. And... <laughs> And I was just fascinated by how they did it. And I remember the one time I like paused it at the perfect moment. And I was like, ah, there it is. And then like they show the picture of him with the head. I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> and and uh, we just lost uh, that actor this year too, right? David um, Warner, yeah. David yeah, Warner, Just yeah. passed away recently. Yeah. Great yeah. right uh, Excellent, yeah. Um, we, we talked about that movie to death, but... Um, I actually don't have a lot to say about entry number 17 because I, I admit I have not seen Night of the Living Dead, the original by George Romero. Um, though when they started talking about moments, there was one moment I was like, oh, okay, that's the one I thought they were going to talk about because everyone always talks about the end. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did not know about the other deaths that they referenced. And so, Mike, you said that you also wrote a paper on Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, I presented a paper on it at a conference. Um, oh, Okay. So, uh, yeah, I, this is one of my favorite movies ever. Um, and I would say, um, my thing with this movie is people always talk about the final scene, right? And the final scene is very important, but I always feel like people misread it or they don't read it deep enough. Cause I feel like what most people find when they're reading the final scene is what well, it's a shock or, and by that, I mean, when the sheriff, shoots Ben in the window. People say it's a shock. People say it's about the futility of life. People say it's about the unfairness of life. 
to me, the movie has always, and this is what I wrote about, has always been about misrecognition. He's first misrecognized when Barbara comes to the house. He, she sees him and she comes back a little bit and then she realizes he's not a zombie. And then in the and then there's all that race stuff that were that's very obvious in the movie between Mr. Hooper and Ben. To me, one of the best moments in movie history is when Ben says, "You can be the boss down there. I'm the boss up here," oh. because that's the moment where it's like maybe a zombie apocalypse is good. Like maybe it'll <laughs> break down all these hierarchies. But in the end, the thing that I the thing that I always think is, okay, they see Ben in the window. Why do they shoot? Why immediately do they shoot? Because they assume an African-American man could not be the owner of that house. So it would have to be a zombie. And that's why they shoot. That's always been my reading of it. Wow. Jeez. Okay. Well, as, as, some, I, as I, someone... I, oh, go ahead, I, I guess to, uh, to piggyback on that, just, uh, just based on like what you see in the, the episode... Mm. They talk about, you know, obviously the, the the horrible scene in the basement where the daughter kills her parents with the trawl, which is amazing and, and terrifying. But also then they bring on Tananary Do, an African-American you know, teacher, professor, horror writer. And she brings up, you know, the point about the ending and, and what that what that scene means. And, you know, like Romero always claimed that he didn't cast Dwayne Jones uh, and that he he just took the guy with the best performance, and it's like it's funny how like everyone who knew Romero kind of calls him out on that as yeah. total bullshit, and they're like he knew what he was doing. Like it's so obvious in the film. I mean, there's a scene where Mr. Cooper is like, okay, well the girl's gonna come with us, and it's like, why do you assume that you become the leader? Like it, it, it's just because he's like I'm the white guy, I'm the leader, right? It's so. Pete, can I just ask you, and there's no there's no um, insult in this. You never caught it. You stayed away from it. How did you never see it in all this time? Thank you. That, that is a good question. Um, I, I was very scared of things just in general for most of my life. And then becoming a father has made me much more uh, brave, I guess, right? But one of the things that scared me the most were zombies. And so I avoided mm -hmm. zombies as much as I possibly could. Okay. Uh, you know, up until I was like in my twenties and then with the walking dead, it was just like oversaturated and I just wasn't scared of them anymore. So mm -hmm. it, now at this point, it's just a matter of, I'm always reviewing so much content. I haven't watched it, but, uh, I'm not scared of it anymore. And I know it's like the classic for zombie movies, you know, it's also guaranteed that if you are making a horror movie and you want to have a horror movie playing on the TV in the background, it will yeah. always be night of the living dead. Because it's in the public domain, <laughs> which oh, is okay. why it's yeah. in the original Halloween or uh, Halloween Two, rather. Um, it's in basically every horror movie. There is going to be a scene where the people. Uh, Charlotte and I were watching something the other night, and I was like, "Up, oh, they're watching. They're watching Night of the Living Dead." And she was like, "How do you know?" I'm like, "Because they're always watching Night of the Living Dead." It's either that or Murnau's um, Nosferatu. Uh, or uh, I think haunt the original haunting a house on haunted hill is also yeah. in public domain also. Yeah, but yes. like yeah, you know, there's things thematically relevant movies that have yeah. to do with your life. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's the best. I um I have to admit another because you asked me, Mike, how come I haven't seen Night of the Living Dead? I actually have to admit it's three movies I haven't seen on this list. The next one too. 
Another classic, number 16, The Exorcist 3. Yeah. I did a list of my last year at Halloween on my podcast, Pop Culture Man Children, available anywhere pods are found. I did a list of best jump scares, and this was on my list. Oh, yeah. It's it makes the it elevates the whole movie. The movie's good, it's not great, it's not on par with the first movie. Um, it's interesting, but this elevates it to this level. I mean, exactly how it's broken down in this episode is what I would say. It is it's long, it's boring. There's like two fake jumps before the jump. You don't even see what happens. It's just it's just masterful. It's just masterful. I I showed this to Charlotte and I told her you have to come and watch this scene. It's the greatest <laughs> jump scare in movie history. So she sat down and then that fake jump scare that they show, she was like, oh, that, 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 that wasn't that bad. And then she just sat and she kept watching. And then all of a sudden the scene happens and she was like, whoa, and I was like, <laughs> yes. And she's sitting, she's sitting right over there. So first of all, when Pete, when you said you didn't see it, Charlotte gave you, gave me a look like, what? I've seen it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then she goes, the scissors, right? I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, I mean, the Exorcist 2? I, uh, I saw like the Exorcist 2 like on channel. It's not going to be on this list. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's going to be on so. a different list of, of the, <laughs> the worst. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, here's the thing. I actually love, love Brad Dourif. And I haven't seen enough Brad Dourif in my life. And I know he's in this movie. And I know he does a great performance this movie in this is movie. So, awesome. so weird. And I love that the, the episode called out the dream sequence where George C. Scott's roaming through a dream hospital and there's Fabio on one side and Patrick Ewing at the height of his Knicks, like, superstardom. He's just mm -hmm. sitting there with angel's wings on. You're like, what the fuck? Am I watching? It is it is a bonkers movie, but this happens to be, I think it was Rebecca McKendry said, if you like Google jump scare, this is probably the one you're gonna see. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's perfect. You know, um more prestigious than the Exorcist series would have to be the Final Destination series, sure, which sure. brings us to number 15 on our list. So um, I have seen this movie. It's kind of sad. I haven't seen The Exorcist 3 or Night of the Living Dead, but I've seen this movie. And it was interesting that they said Final Destination 2. But when you think about it, when you think of Final Destination, everyone always thinks about those logs on the truck. And yep. so, yeah, go ahead, Danny. I, that's, this was the entry where when I was watching it today at work during my lunch period, I, 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 I looked down, I went, what? And then I was like, hell yes. Because literally people who have people who don't know what number in the franchise this is will not drive behind a log truck because of this movie. <laughs> and any any movie moment that does that to the to pop culture, to to the zeitgeist, it's like Jaws, it's like Psycho, where like you think of showers, you think of Psycho. You you go to the beach, you hear Donna, Donna, you know. If you see a truck on the highway carrying logs, you instantly think of this franchise. And if you know the number of the sequel, you think of this exact scene. And it has to be on the list because of that. So I applaud them for putting that on here. And it's this is easily, easily yeah. my favorite movie in that franchise. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, I agree with you because I haven't seen it. 
yet I know the scene. And I think about it when I see, you know, see that on the highway. It's, yep. it's, you're right. It's part of the cultural fabric. Yes. So, Mike, don't take this as an insult, but why haven't you seen Final Destination 2? Uh, I think it came, when did it come out? Probably like early 2000s. Yeah, early 2000s. Who knows what I was up to, man? (laughs) (laughs) So long ago. (laughs) Yeah, I was probably, I probably thought I was like better than it. You know, I was like, I'm going to go home and watch The Exorcist 3 instead. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I found interesting? Uh, I, I, I did like when they were talking about The Omen that they referenced the Final Destination series because The Omen kind of does that with the, the the whole omen the photographs kind of showing yeah. and like they he even gives the hint that he's going to be decapitated because he has like the photograph of him with like his head separated from the rest of his body right and i never would have made that connection right. uh until they did it on this list so i thought that was pretty cool that shutter had the, like the the presence of mind to make that connection yeah that's a really good point danny um with this list in particular, they don't really have a lot of those like paired up movies, right? On this list. Well, I think they're getting down to the nitty gritty now. The next uh, four, three of the next four movies would have been in my top ten, maybe oh. even top five. It, exactly. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I mean, I don't know if if anyone is a subscriber to our channel, follows our channel, you guys know that Danny loves Jaws. Like he, he references Jaws. Every episode. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Jaws is the maybe the best movie ever. I don't say I'm not film, but it's the best movie ever. And I have to say, I'm excited. I was excited to see this. <laughs> what yeah. made me excited about seeing this was on the old series, Bravo's 100 scariest movies. It was number one, and I always hated it. I was like, because I love Jaws, but Jaws to me is an adventure film that has scares. So you had all this gothic stuff, and then number one is Jaws. I always felt like, uh, I, I like Clive Barker talking about S and M. What are we going to talk about with Jaws? Right. So, so I was glad because I because I was like, okay, it, it, I know it's not going to be number one. Yes. <laughs> Did you I get, see? I get the right. the iconicness of this opening scene. Yeah. But in just in terms of the scares in Jaws. The Ben Gardner's head popping out of the boat. That's it. Is is maybe up there on the all-time jump scare list. My sister to this day, she's 30 years old, cannot watch that scene, cannot handle the the, the musical cue that happens when his head pops out of the boat. So and good. even and even the greatest, what I would argue is the greatest jump scare in movie history is him chumming and making sarcastic comments backwards, and then boom. No music, no nothing. The shark just comes out of the water, and it leads to the great one of the greatest lines in movie history. You know, you're going to need a bigger boat, and from that point on, the movie is you know them versus the shark for the last 45, 50 minutes. It's this is my all time favorite movie. I I it would have been in my top ten uh, definitely. So I was, I went from like, yeah, Final Destination 2 to, oh, come on. How is this not in the final 10? But right. I, I accept. Well, that's where it gets kind of crazy, right? Because when you look at the next three movies, you're like, what, what is above these next three movies? Right, right. I mean, obviously I can think of some like Psycho and um, The We'll Exorcist. save that for the end. We'll save that for the end. 
Got, got it, got it. I got to um, say one story, though. When I was teaching a film class a couple years ago, and uh, I showed Jaws, and a lot of the students hadn't seen it. And I had a podium at the front of the lecture hall where I could control the media. So during the Bed Garner scene, I always had to have the, I always was told by the other professors, turn the volume down. We're trying to teach. And I'd be like, sure. So I always kept it kind of low. But when that scene happened, I slowly put the volume all the way up. And then boom, and my students jumped out of their fucking seats. And it was, I was never prouder of myself. <laughs> I, I started a horror movie club at my school and we watched, this was our year end movie at the end of last year with my logic being summer is coming. Let's watch sure. Jaws. And even now, you know, 40 years, almost 50 years later, I still got high school kids to jump at some of the moments. It's brilliant. Cause yeah. you're expecting a shark, right? You're under the water. It's dark. What we've been taught is the, the scary thing is a shark. You're not expecting a head to just come out of nowhere. It's yeah. so brilliant. Oh, well, yeah, I knew that you guys, well, I knew Danny was going to have some contention with that being number 14. Uh, the next entry, I can kind of understand maybe not making the top 10. The, the two after that, I can't. We got less <laughs> than 20 minutes to go through three of my favorite movies ever. Three of my favorite horror movies ever. Let's right. go with Scream. I wouldn't be here without Scream. I wouldn't have... Scream was the movie that made me fall in love with movies. I went and studied film. It, it, it's honestly a film that completely changed my life. I, I would be, I don't know, an accountant if I had never seen Scream. Oh, shit. Scream is so important to me. Um, yeah. Mike, I, is, uh, Mike is Randy if he didn't die in part two. Yes. Spoilers. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, why? spoilers for Scream 2. It came out 25 years ago. So, Mike, why? Because it's scary and because it was postmodern um, before that became uh, a trope that was kind of tired. The fact that they lived in a world where there were other horror movies, to me, was brilliant. And I think to a lot of people at the time, it was like, wow, you'd never seen that before. Like, they live in a movie where there are they live in a world where scary movies exist. You know, it's not like one of my, to me, this is a later example. To me, the greatest stupid thing ever is in the first Twilight movie, you see Kristen Stewart Google what is a vampire. And it's like, you don't know what a fucking vampire is. Like, <laughs> oh, God. that blows my mind. Like, but this was a movie where, you know, people know things. Yeah. So, and that led me, that became like a list for me. Like all the things that Randy talked about, I would then say, I got to go watch those. It's also the first horror movie that made horror movies cool. Yeah. And and so like Randy in Scream is like the kind of like the nerdy sidekick character yeah. because he's basically us. He's just obsessed with these movies and everything. But this movie made him cool. And, like, it made discussing horror movies cool. Like, I remember this movie came out, I was 14, I was a freshman in high school, or I was just graduating from junior high. And, like, I loved horror movies, but I didn't really have anybody at school to talk about them with. And then all of a sudden, Scream came out, and then within a year of that, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and Urban Legend, and it spawned this whole yeah, sure. generation of, like, young teen to adult 
horror movies where people my age suddenly cared about going to see horror movies. And I was like, it's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and kudos to Wes Craven. Um, you know, he, he reinvented the genre uh, by basically, you know, I, it's amazing. What always gets lost in the shuffle is two years before this, he did New Nightmare, mm. which is almost more meta than this yeah, movie. Yeah, sure. And that kind of got lost because, oh, it's a Freddy movie. It's a franchise mm -hmm. movie. So for him to stick with that idea of meta horror and to then to just completely reinvent the genre again, it's just it was just unbelievable. And it really did for our generation. It made horror marketable. It yeah. made it cool. Because, you know, if you people will tell you by the mid 90s, horror was a dying genre. Yeah. And yeah. then by the late 90s, you were sick and tired of these Scream clones that were coming out. Right, right, right. It's, it's funny because, like, you guys keep talking about personal connections with these movies. And Scream makes me think about this channel itself. Because this is now our third Halloween doing the Lassercast. And I remember in the first Halloween, we did, like, 30 Days of Halloween. And we talked about our favorite movies, favorite horror movies. Scream was on my list. I did Scream for a video for one of those. And um, we all discussed the Halloween movies last year. And then, Mike, you came on, I think, it may, twice, I think, last year for the Halloween movies. And now we find ourselves at essentially the last Halloween movie. And we find ourselves in our final two. We're up to the 1978 classic Halloween. Yeah. John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, what I'll say is that we've already kind of talked about Michael a lot on this channel and we even just did a review with um some writers from my writers group last week um halloween i, I think it's just such a tight movie and one of the things i liked about this episode of uh 101 scariest moments they talk about how bloodless the original mm -hmm. halloween is you know my, my wife doesn't want to show my daughter halloween and i'm like i think you can kind of get away with it i mean there's yeah, some breasts and so. stuff but you can get away yeah. with it yeah go ahead yeah, I mean, I uh, this is another really important movie to me. I'm so glad that they never made any sequels to this movie. <laughs> this movie, um, to me though, I never found it that scary. I just thought it was the tone, the tone and the vibe and the aesthetic is perfect. Autumn, um, I, I mean, I but I love, I, I, I do, I love this, and I do love the series. The last, I haven't seen the last two. Because I didn't like the 2018 one. Um, but I love the series. I was talking to Pete the other day. You know, what's a better trilogy? This new trilogy or 4, 5, and 6? <laughs> That's right. I didn't give you the answer. Danny, do you have an answer for that? Um, I, I, I uh, no. <laughs> I, I don't like part four as much as other people. And I, and I love part six a lot more than other people. Six is awesome. Um, <laughs> and like and like and like most people, I think five is is trash. It's just I, the worst four. Yeah, I did like uh, twenty eighteen, while recognizing it's deeply flawed. I did not like kills at all, and I did like Halloween ends to an extent. Um, I, I said to Pete the other night, every day since I saw it, my my liking of it has gone ever so slightly down. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. I, I thought this, I thought Halloween should have been a lock for the top 10. It's, yeah, I agree. The, the fact that 
I mean, you know, we just joked about it. The fact that they're still making these movies today shows the longevity of this franchise and of the character of Michael Myers. Um, I mean, I have the freaking lunchbox here. I have the pop. Michael Myers is, for me, the all-time scariest horror movie villain, and it's because of the mask. It's because of the blankness of the mask. It's because of the way the mask can come out of the darkness and the scene they picked, or one of the two really scenes they picked, is the iconic scene of Jamie Lee backing up to, to the closet and just the dark, like the, the, the pale mask slowly coming out of the darkness is just one of the greatest shot scenes yeah. in, in movie history, let alone horror movies. And then, of course, the iconic moment of him doing the, you know, what would become later, not, later on known as the Undertaker sit-up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it, nothing else needs to be said about Halloween. It, yeah. It, it's Halloween. It's I Halloween, mean, it yeah. probably should have been in the top 10, but 12 is, it, it's okay. Yeah. yeah, well, you know what? Here's some fucking bullshit. <laughs> the, the chest burster seen in Alien doesn't make the fucking top ten. This was number two on Bravo's list all those years ago. I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. Holy this was shit. number two, and Jaws was number one. And I was, and and I'm a much, I'm I'm a, such a big Jaws fan that I was just happy Jaws was number one. So I was like, that's perfect. Those are perfect one and two. Let's just. So yeah, yeah this being at number eleven again, just for iconic status alone, and and the surprise and the shock value of it. Uh, this should have been, I thought, a lot higher. But, it, I mean, we knew it was coming in this countdown towards the, as we got closer to the one. Yeah. I think, uh, I agree. It's uh, I'm surprised that it's not in the top 10. I, I The chestburster scene is obviously one of the most iconic scenes in movie history. To right. me, it's not, it's, it's important on a very visceral level. But to me, it's not scary. I, I think there are other scenes in the film that are scary. Like when the the Xenomorph tries to hug Dallas, that's a scariest <laughs> scene to me. Yeah. Hey, let's hug. Yeah. Or, or when, I mean, the perfect, when at the very end you think it's over and then you think like, kind of like we were just talking about with the shape in Halloween, you think it's like just like pipes on the wall and then it starts to move and you're like, oh shit, the Xenomorph is just right there being still. To me, there's scarier moments, but... It's 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 alien. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's what can we say? It's amazing. Yes. That very very well put. That's actually very well put. That like the chest burst scene is the most iconic, but yet there are scarier scenes. And um yeah, like the, the scene with Dallas, they show that very clip when they do the credits, the opening credits for the yeah. show. That's the very last thing they show is the alien going like that. Yeah. So I thought it was gonna be like in the top five at least. I, I was very shocked. Um, I, I think probably in this group, I, I think I like the Alien franchise the most. I just like have always loved the Alien franchise. It's like the horror franchise that I enjoyed, I mean, mainly because it's sci-fi. Mm -hmm. But you know, there's so many documentaries on the making of it, and <laughs> just Dan O'Bannon, you know, writing the original screenplay. Yeah. Um, it's just iconic. And so many, there's so many imitations. Like if you look at the, the movies on this list, there are so many imitations of specific movies on here, like Night of the Living Dead, uh, Jaws, Scream, Halloween, and Alien. You know, there's so many copies of these movies. You know, yeah. and we've covered 
the majority of these franchises on this channel you know we, like th there's a reason why this is within the top 20 at this point and so yeah. i think that within our last uh you know eight minutes or so but i want to get mike to plug his channel too um what are we missing then what's in that final what, top what 10 what do you guys think number one will be so he i wrote down what i what i think are automatics okay. and the automatics i have i have seven of them <laughs> which leaves three spots open. The seven automatics that I have are The Shining, The Thing, Psycho, Poltergeist, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Ooh, Exorcist, yeah. and Hereditary, because they keep showing Hereditary in the opening credits. And yeah. I've been campaigning on this channel that Hereditary should be in the top 10, so I'm stoked as shit about that. Because that's the, to me, that's the best horror movie I've seen in the last probably 20, 25 years. Um, and it's the scariest horror movie I've seen in, in, in one of the all-time scariest movies I've ever seen. So to me, those are a guaranteed lock seven. And then I put down a bunch of possibilities. Uh, the lawnmower scene from Sinister. You, you know, like when they do those lists on like Facebook of like the top 10 scary movies to make your heart explode. Like yeah. Sinister's and they're like Sinister uh, Science declares it's the scariest movie ever. Right. So maybe that makes the list. Um, I, you know, Pete, you mentioned Audition last time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I put down Train to Busan, uh, but then I, but then I think Night of the Living Dead might have capped Zombies for the list. Yeah. I'm still holding out hope for Event Horizon in the last ten. Yeah. Oh, Talk about an alien. I love it, but it is like it's such a descendant of Alien. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I'm tr really trying to struggle in terms of number one at this point. I'm gonna have to go Exorcist just because if if they've held off for this long, I think yeah. they're either gonna go with The Exorcist, The Shining, or Psycho. One of yes. those three. Those I agree. Three. It's it's yeah. one of those three. It's absolutely one of those three. Yeah. yeah. I hope it's not Psycho. I think that would be a really safe pick. And I, I don't agree. think Psycho's Psycho a holds movie, but it's not. It's it's seminal. And it's one of the, you know, it was for its time, it was super important. But I, I do feel like it's, it's going with a classy answer. And, and uh, so far, what I've liked about this list is it's not, it's not trying to be classy. Yeah. No, I, I mean, uh, I, of the seven movies that I mentioned, I, if they made number one, the dinner scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'd be like, yeah. hell fucking yeah, let's go. Yeah. Because that's the you want to talk about the complete opposite of a clean answer. That is dirty. It's gross. It's it makes you just physically ill. It, it it's such a intense scene in in a, just a dirty, awesome movie. But yeah, I I have no idea what the other. Maybe they'll go with another like um, old classic Universal, like they've done Dracula, uh, Frankenstein. Nosferatu, The Wolfman. They haven't mentioned Bride of Frankenstein. Uh, they haven't mentioned, you know, I, I threw out Freaks last time. Um, yeah. See, I think I, that would be safe, but I think, like you said about Psycho, I think that would be that would be too safe. Yeah. Away. Insidious, yeah. I think, is one that could make it. Um, yeah, that's the, true. The red-faced demon jump scare. And they showed that a lot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, they did. They showed that a lot this episode. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe they're setting that up as as maybe in the top ten. Yeah. What about like um, Unmasked Twenty Five? I that whole movie. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen it. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah, 
Uh, you should do a double feature of that and the uh, L.A. AIDS L.A. AIDS jammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think that could be on there too. You know, Th- these are two uh, gems that Danny has found oh, in okay. our last cast time. Um, yeah, I, I I do think it's those three. I think that Exorcist would win, but Exorcist wasn't the number one for that Bravo list. I think it was three. I think it was three. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. what scene from The Exorcist then? That's a good question. Is it the scene where that's her head so turns around? I, I that's, so. that's a really interesting question because there's there's no jumps in that movie really, although it is very scary. I don't know. Charlotte just said the staircase, but that wasn't even in the original. Oh, young child, that wasn't in the original film. <laughs> I, that scene scared the hell out of a lot of my friends, though. Okay, I'm, I'm, well. In the original film, they don't show Pazuzu's like face on the wall either, right? No, no, that's they that, do that do uh, the jump cuts, but but that one of of him on like the the cabinet in the kitchen wasn't yeah. there. Um, I I think personally for me the scariest part of The Exorcist is when the priest has the dream and you see Pazuzu's face like that. Yeah. That's the scariest thing for me. Or maybe when um. Father Karras comes in the room and she's untied and she's just laughing. Yes, that's, that's fucking that's scary. A, that's an image. I'll tell yeah. you, the medical scenes in that movie are terrifying to rewatch. Yeah. Right, oh, right. We only have a few minutes, so do we want to wrap this up and give Mike a chance to uh, plug his podcast? Yes, and Mike, I had so much fun with you, man. If you want to come back for our final 10, you're more than welcome to come back. I'll have more time next week, too, because I don't have stuff after work. Sure, and I'd also love to talk about uh, uh, Queer for Fear. Shudder's been killing it lately with these series. Oh, man, I, I review that on Fridays. I freaking love it. What a great series that is. Pete, been. have you been watching it? I have not. I just have it's so many so fucking things good. to review. They get into the classic Universal stuff, too. It's really good. Yeah. Um, oh. So my podcast is called Pop Culture Man Children. You can find it anywhere podcasts are found. It's also on YouTube. Halloween's a big time of the year for us, and we do four. This year we did five Halloween episodes. Um, this year we did a central theme, which is witches. So there's an episode on the Japanese film House. There's an episode on Roald Dahl's The Witches and its different adaptations. There's an episode on Hocus Pocus and Part 2. And there's an episode where we compare the craft to practical magic. <laughs> and then there's an episode where I talked with our friend David Weiner, and we talked a little bit about witches. Ah, very nice. And if you want to see more about David Weiner, you can check out the interview that Pete and I did with him a couple days ago. That's up on the channel. Uh, we have our review of Halloween and uh, Halloween Ends and Hellraiser with um, some excellent horror writers, um, Joshua McMillan, Megan Stockton, and Daniel Barnett. But is that his? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it was that was a lot of fun. That's up on the channel now. Uh, tonight, I'm reviewing Chucky, Episode 3, Friday, Queer for Fear, Episode 4. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, you're here next week for 10 to 1. Yes, and I'll do what we have to do. I think number one is uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3, Leatherface. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. Nah. Well, uh, I'm going to do what you do on your show when it's time to end. When you have a guest, you say, go bye-bye. Go bye-bye. There you go. Nice. <laughs>